Logic, You're a dirty that... tampon. Um, or, or a filthy... <laughs> a filthy... <laughs> That's my modern interpretation. You're a filthy rag. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. It is episode 194. This is Jeff. I hope you're all fantastic out there. Zach, how's it going? I think we found a floater. <laughs> Andy? I'm sweating like a one-legged cat trying to bury turds on a frozen lake. Uh, scooter. It definitely stinks for some reason. <laughs> and no Jeff. Yeah, no, no. Welcome Matthew DiStefano back on Bros, Bibles, and Beer. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. On location, on location. in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, you're our Hawaiian correspondent for the day. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm a Howley, as they say, I believe, right? Someone not from Hawaii. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is that derogatory? I think too, so. Or is that- that's yeah. fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. It's with it. pejorative. It, it is pejorative. And it's mainly targeted towards white people. So okay, hold on. I did see. I did see a mug in uh, in Matt's uh, hand there. Let's uh, just a real quick. Uh, what are you guys drinking here, Matt? What are you drinking? Oh, I have some decaf coffee. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Prepping with, for the night ahead. Just take the decaf out of there, and I'm good. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, since you asked, I got a Beechwood. It's our favorite brewery, Melrose IPA. Oh yeah, have you had that yet? I haven't, and I'll just say it's it's great, like all of their beer. <laughs> Do no wrong. They faked me out. I have the same beer, and I thought it was the Amalgamator, and it wasn't. But it it's tasty. Nope. And I'm drinking the Browerf West Brew Brew Ridge Brew Ridge. I don't know, man. It's unpronounceable. Just it's slur it, and you'll get it right. Brew Ridge West, but it has a big uh, cat on it, which is really cool, and it is a tasty beer. I'm showing this to Matt right now, Matt. If you drink beer. I don't know if you do. I I, do I don't. I have uh, I have celiac disease, so all the gluten free beer is pretty crappy, and uh, I also right. don't drink any alcohol anymore. So okay, yeah, nice. Now now, what was the impetus behind that? More for us, besides because I know bourbon. You probably were on bourbon or some whiskey when you switched to when you discover the celiac. Yeah, well, I I went pretty hard on the alcohol thing in my early thirties. And then I was like, no, I probably shouldn't do that forever. So good. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, That's good enough. That's what Trump says. Don't drink alcohol. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) And and he became president. So which is, which is why you don't have alcohol right now, Scott, or is it just, it's all right. Scott will end up with something, but, um, (laughs) I like to pretend now. All right, let's roll. Yeah. I'm trying Jeff. So just a refresher, Matt, I'm Zach. And we got Andy up front, Scott in the back, and uh, Jeff. Um, and now you were on with us back on episode seventy nine in twenty eighteen. Wow. Okay. To to promote Heretic. Wow. Um, the book Heretic. Um, but anyways, welcome back to promote the or to just have a good conversation on yeah. deconstruction and post deconstruction. Hey, I'm just here to have a conversation. If people want to buy books after, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope they do. I hope so. I'm enjoying it. So learning to float, it's, um, give us the elevator pitch for this book and then we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Well, the elevator pitch is that, I don't know if you're familiar with Michelle Collins. She's a good friend of mine that I've known for like seven years. And, um, we, we just had a conversation, uh, or a set of conversations, I should say, um, about my spiritual path. Deconstruction is the buzzword these days. Um, and we, I transcribed the audio and turned it into a book. 
she's currently getting her doctorate in psychology or psychiatry, one of those. And so we almost did it as someone, you know, talking to a therapist, though we put a big disclaimer on there. It's not that it's just conversation between yeah. friends. Um, just kind of as a, oh, I don't know, a way to say like, hey, this is my journey. It might resonate with you. There's no answers. There's no like how to this. There's not, not, I'm not saying that my, my spiritual journey will look exactly like yours, but, um, what we do notice is that a lot of the emotions that go along with losing faith communities kind of look the same. And so, uh, I just wanted to tell my story and she tells a little bit of hers in there. And, you know, so far, you know, the book came out, uh, in July 5th and people seem to really like it and, and resonate with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wrote it. I, I'm glad it's resonating with people. And it's just, you know, another another story that, you know, of what, what happens when you no longer believe what you used to believe and what happens when your faith community kind of shuns you and turns their back on you. And even when family does that. Hmm. What is that? Because when you said lose your faith community, what does that look like? Or what did it look uh, like for you? Well, for me, it was, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't a lot of music. So I, I did a lot of worship teams and I was kind of like the utility infielder. Like I played every instrument. So I was on every worship team in some capacity. That's sad. Yeah. So I did that for like 10 or 12 years. And then I was just like, I don't think like, I don't think I believe some of this stuff anymore. And it was like pretty mundane stuff. It'd be like, I don't think every jot and tittle of the Bible is a hundred percent accurate. Every theological claim is, you know, um, and so people, it's almost like, uh, Michelle uses the analogy of like Kafka's metamorphosis. And I forget the main character's name, but he like turns into a beetle and everyone pretends he doesn't exist anymore. And that's kind of what happens. Like people just literally, like they don't, they pretend you don't exist anymore and they just kind of go away. And it's, um, it's a little, it's, it's probably the one thing that I miss of church community is having those friends and spending so much time with people. Though I'm an introvert, like I still like hanging out with people for a limited amount of time, at least. Um, like I can do this podcast and then I'll be exhausted. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's, well, it's like, it's like, you know, the one thing that, that I really miss and it, you kind of people, you know, and family does that too. Like they, you would think like if, like for my belief system, and I don't know if I talked about it in episode 79, but um, like we believed in hell, right? Eternal torment. And Initially, you'd think, well, if I if I walk away or if I don't believe this anymore or I'm not a Christian or I'm not the right type of Christian, people would come after you like, right, save your soul. Like you're, you're going to burn forever. Really, right. the opposite happens. They just like they're like, OK, cool, <laughs> like down the slippery slope in the road to perdition and good riddance. Right. Can well, you I'm just kind of curious okay. on that one. Would you do you recall any specific like stories or scenarios like i remember this is the first time i started sharing with someone at the church hey i don't know if i believe all this stuff and what that kind of interaction or mm. what those reactions look like i'm just kind of curious like a little snippet of of what that translated to we got life. one open the door get him yeah. out of here have you guys seen matt he's got problems <laughs> there's well there's there's like two there's like there's one where i i i started studying some like Christian history, right? Christian history of theological thought. And I came across like patristic universalism and I was taught, I wanted to talk to my pastor about it. And mm -hmm. all he did was quote a Bible verse at me that alluded to the, I forget it was from Titus or something. It alluded to the fact that people who ask these questions end up in hell. 
And I was show I was so shocked by that because I didn't affirm anything. I simply said, "Well, have you heard of this? Like, this is new to me. Yeah. This seems like something I should be maybe excited about, or like it sounds like good news, right?" Um, and I just got dismissed so offhandedly, even though I've known them forever. Like the pastor's kid was one of my best friends. We played music together. We, you know, we'd go out and hang out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was just so offhanded that it seemed like it took me back uh, by surprise. It kind of took me aback. Like I thought we had a relationship here and now you're basically telling, I have a question and you're, you're alluding to the fact that I'm, that people like me end up in hell. Like it just seems really odd. Um, the other one was, and this is what kind of, really made me realize like the church didn't know what they were talking about. I, I asked about slavery in the old Testament and their response was, well, they, they treated their slaves fine. So that was okay with God. And I was like, um, I'm not black, but I'm pretty sure that's not a good answer. Um, so it was just like, I, I did, that doesn't work for me. Like they treated their slaves fine. So it's okay. Like I, I, I need a better answer than that about what's going on in the Bible. Like, I, you might be okay with that. I don't know how you are, but I'm not. And so I think just the, the depth of once you start questioning, there was no depth. It was just like these kind of stock answers that I didn't know how anyone was okay with that. It's like, if I ask you a serious question, you're just like, well, Matthew 25, you're a goat and you're going to end up in hell. I'm just like, well, you're not taking my question very seriously. Are you like, you're just throwing something out there because it doesn't seem like you yourself have wrestled with this. You yeah. do got to separate the sheep from the goats. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking that's about. Right. I, I, you know, on that, on that, at some at some point, I uh, pulled a Bible quote from my wife, and she's like, "Don't, don't pull the Bible on me, and don't, like run for cover." Then, yeah, she's probably right. No, it, she she was. I was trying to use my guilt, even, guilt and shame of the Bible. Even if the you know, there's a lot of good dare I say great wisdom in the Bible. Sure. And even if you have huh, the right, say that the right answer, I'm shocking Scott right now. <laughs> even if you have the quote unquote bunny ear right answer for a situation embodied in a verse that you can share with somebody, it just depends on the time and place. Context is everything. And you can't just, especially when, if someone like Matthew or uh, myself, I've shared some of my own deconstruction, like periodically it comes up on this podcast and it, in painful moments when somebody throws a verse back at you, it's like, okay, you just fix nothing. Right. I just know that next time I have a deep question, I'm not going to you. Because, yeah. And I think, at least in my context and broadly, ge- the very generalization about Western evangelicalism is we just trust what the person is saying and we just we have it in the Bible and that's that's the truth and that's it. That's That's as deep as it goes. And so if somebody has a question that really cuts through that, all we know is to be like, oh, well, it says it here. And if you go past that, you know, slippery slope, run away. Yeah. Could I, could I soften that a little bit? Cause I think that no. maybe it's, maybe it's just, uh, humans in general, we tend to find our echo chambers or the things that are, we get comfortable with. And that's good. When we have deep seated beliefs that get challenged, it gets uncomfortable, mm. whether it be religious or political, political yeah. or scientific, like whatever the thing is. And, and I don't know if we're in a great place in general in society where we can feel comfortable having genuine questions asked and and carrying on conversations without feeling threatened. Like I just, yeah. I imagine that conversation that you had, Matt, with your pastor, and it you probably started to sense like tension mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. 
when that started to occur. I'm curious, was that, um, it sounds like that response was a surprise to you. Were there any indicators before that, that like, hey, I'm going to a church that might not accept me asking hard questions? Yeah, I think looking back, I realized that, but not when you're kind of in the middle of it. Um, Looking back, I realized, you know, you would hear, I I heard one, um, it was actually our worship, you know, our music pastor. I wasn't the music pastor, I was just on the team's. Our music pastor said something to the effect of like, don't come up and tell me I I preached a good sermon. I'm simply reporting what God is wanting to tell you. And it was just like, wow. Looking back, it's like, God, the, the arrogance of that is ridiculous. Like, it's like, I, like, like in, in, in Tolkien's world, the mouthpiece of Sauron, like (laughs) you're like everything that comes out of you just because you're a pastor is, is the word of God. Not only is the Bible, the word of God, it's not, but 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 what you're saying is the word of God, um, which I just I I was like looking back and just realize how ridiculous that is, and I don't think anyone really they're just like oh okay well then I won't tell you you did a good job. You're just often simply, you see it's it's like you see it as humility, like wow yeah it's not him it's God right like he's yeah he's, and he's giving it up to God. But we did all this we did this all the time like with a humble brag like it's um you know if the if the music was great that night it's like no it's just the Holy Spirit brother. Like, well, just admit that you did. Okay. I mean, it's, we do it on the other end. Like, just admit you play well, like, it's okay to like, I, I was a good drummer. And so don't, don't take, if someone gave me a compliment, Hey, you're, you did well tonight. I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, well, no, it was just, it was Jesus flowing through my arms. And dude, I've melted faces for Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> but you would just say straight up. No, thanks. I did that. Yeah. I practiced. You're welcome. I What'd hard, you think about yeah. my tone? Can we talk about my tone for a little bit? Yeah. Do you have some time? Yes. <laughs> Psych- yeah. Psychologically, we get a, bit, a little bit lost in like taking, accepting uh, compliments, uh, you know, as Christians, because like, I-, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that, that gets awkward and it feels really wrong in many ways. And you're just like, I don't know if I can have, it's like having the conversation with your uh, pastor who's like, like throws a Bible verse at you. It's like, I just want to have a normal human conversation. Yeah. And, and I felt like my experience was that I realized that it kind of turned people into like puppets or robots almost. Like, I just want to have a human conversation about this. I didn't like, I know the Bible, like I've gone to Bible study for my whole life. I don't need the Bible thrown at me. Like even people today, they'll remind you online about a Bible verse. And I'm like, yo, I, I, <laughs> I know I've read it. <laughs> like it, don't, don't, don't act like we don't know it. Let's just have a conversation about it because at least assume that I know it and I don't need to be reminded of it. And let's talk about maybe what the context of that might mean or how would you apply it here? And here are some of the ways in which we can discuss that said verse, but don't come at, don't come at other people. Like this is the verse. This is what it means. Because I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how we can do that with the Bible. Um, I mean, for goodness sakes, there's parables in the Bible. Parables don't mean something. There's like infinite meaning we can draw out of it. So uh, maybe not infinite, but I'm, I'm, maybe, it, yeah, I, mean, I would say not, infinite, but there's a lot of me. There's a lot of meaning. We, the minute we'd say this means that is kind of the, the minute we uh, limit the potential meaning that there could be there. Especially and, 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 yeah. with so much separation, like in time and space, like if we were there and we heard a parable by somebody, a religious teacher that originated the parable and maybe they could tell you exactly what they meant by right. it. That's one thing, you know, you know, and then you jump forward to us 2000 years later, scribes, editors, 
copyist, yeah. all that stuff. And there's a lot of separation enough to where it's like, well, it could mean this, could mean this, 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 this. And sure. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. You're going to say something. Oh, well, well, on parables, like Jesus, Jesus said a lot of parables and the disciples, pretty much everyone around Jesus didn't know what he meant at the time when he said it. And, and a lot of it wasn't, they didn't realize what he was saying until after he had like been crucified or he had explained it uh, to them specifically. So even, even them in that, in that, uh, you know, uh, first century context, they didn't understand what he was saying. Right. And it was often intentionally cryptic. Well, yeah, cause he, he was, he's, he's in the line of the prophets of God. And so he's, he's speaking as an authority from God and they, they, they just, they didn't understand what he's saying. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't the purpose of him speaking at the, at that particular point for them to understand it. He had a, he had more, to accomplish while he was on the earth. So, so, so Scott, are you yeah. saying that Matt's uh, whole church, you know, pulling back and destroying his heart in that moment <laughs> when his pastor <laughs> threw out that verse that Matt just didn't understand at the moment, but maybe now if he reflects, he'd be like, oh man, I just didn't know. Yeah, I if, should if go Matt, back and apologize and repent. If Matt, if Matt was actually seeking the, you know, the truth of God. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, but I think, I think that that might be, there's something to that way, you know, to that, like, I don't, I don't look like, so if my pastor were to do something, I wouldn't associate my pastor with like the authority of biblical Christianity. And so if my pastor did something, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like throw out biblical Christianity because of my pastor. So I'm not, I'm not looking, I'm, I'm, I'm Scott has a very low view of his pastor. So it doesn't mean <laughs> that's a throwaway statement. Well, and, I, and I won't say that I threw away quote unquote, I, I, I don't know what you mean by biblical Christianity, but um, I think that's kind of a meaningless statement, but I didn't throw that. That's not the reason I threw out quote unquote, a, a biblical Christianity because my, that, I didn't just go, Oh, well, my pastor quoted Titus, whatever. And therefore I'm done with Christianity just to clarify. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and that, that's one of the things is like, um, um, I learn a lot from my pastor, but I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not equating those, those two things. Right. And so even if, even if my pastor didn't have a, didn't respond correctly or the way I expected him to, to a question I have, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, oh, shoot, man. You're not on the house of the cards. The Bible's not the word of God. Like, yeah. uh, like, uh, but there's, there's gotta be. A lot more. To speaking it. of yeah. speaking of houses of cards, uh, Matt, if you don't mind, I know decon- deconstruction is often a slow process, and you you might not be aware that it's started until like w- much later. You're speaking for yourself, right, Zach? Yes, definitely. I'm projecting. Um, now, for you though, what were a couple of key cards that got pulled that where you were like, oh, this is definitely a thing. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, um, you do often realize like you start deconstructing far before you ever realize that you're doing that. But, uh, I I mean, a few, I mean, there's, there's basically some basic ones like, I mean, hell, the inerrancy of scripture, um, even what the canon or theory of inspiration of scripture is, uh, all those sort of things that I, I don't find that interesting. Like I, I just, you realize that I, I don't, 
right now you don't find them as interesting. Well, even then before. I didn't like even once then. I realized, oh. okay, well, let's take the inerrancy of scripture. Um, you're just like, well, I, if I actually read my Bible, like I don't, I don't find this to be very compelling. Like I was told in, the Bible's inerrant. Um, but once you ask like, okay, well let's deconstruct in like the Jacques Derrida way of deconstructing, like, what do you mean by the Bible? Well, we're Protestants, so therefore it's the Protestant Bible. And so my first question is, well, why not the Catholic Bible? Why not the Eastern Orthodox Bible? And what do you mean by inerrancy? Like everything is true in it? Well, what do you mean by truth? That everything's factual, everything's journalistic, like we would today. Every um, it all points to Jesus. I mean, that or I mean, there's all these different layers of truth and meaning. And and I don't think we typically ask those questions very at least in the church that I grew up in. I grew up in Christian Missionary Alliance Church. I know it's a big non-denominational church, um, but I don't think the average Christian like asks that question. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I many in my denomination of, didn't. So it's, yeah. that's just one instance. Like or the rapture. Well, I once you find out, like no Christian believed in quote unquote the rapture until the 1800s. Um, well, that's not true, but let, let's just say it's okay. True. It was popularized but, in the 1800s. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. It just means no one ever told me that. Um, I don't have to, you know, but, but I can be a Christian and been, not have to believe that. But there's been a lot of scholarship around those topics that maybe your pastor didn't expose to you. Right. That, that these, they're not, these are not new questions. No. Uh, people have asked these questions for, for a while. At least, right. I mean, a hundred years before, before our time. But often you don't, you grow up in a setting where you're not taught just the breadth of context for all these different questions. And so when the bubble is popped of what you had as a reality regarding your faith life, it can be traumatic. And and so some people, mm. Scott, you're in a good position where if your pastor says something stupid or, or something you know in your heart is not true, it's not going to spin you out. But for a lot of people, it, there's like this identity crisis and it, and it feels like someone you love is, mm. is dying. Once you lose that belief, it's like yes. almost the same physiological feeling but, so but that, but that goes i think that's my point with like my pastor he's like a an important figure in my life but he's not like the end all right of my and i faith. wish more people of faith right. had your perspective regarding that is what i'm saying even I'm if you have a question, these are good and they're good questions it's like yeah well, how do we yeah. but uh, but i've sense all the bible the word of god how do we get the how do we get what we currently have and why is it different? Those are very good questions and we should all ask those. Uh, but just because there's a question there doesn't mean that the, the truth that what has been, you know, particular groups say is, is wrong. Like, yeah, there's, we should ask these, these questions. No. And, and, it's, and it's not, and it's not that I'm not saying they're wrong. I just don't find them compelling. And it's not because right. my pastor didn't have a good answer. I've since like, let's take hell for instance. Like my pastor said, universalism was always heretical. Well, that's factually untrue. Um, and, I, and, I, and, it, and I didn't like become a universalist because of my pastor. It was like, well, uh, I just, I, I find it philosophically compelling. I find it biblically compelling. I find uh, eternal torment or annihilation less than compelling. So therefore I choose the one I find more compelling. I'm not saying I'm right or, th but I had to deconstruct that because we can't force ourselves to believe that which we can't believe. So at some point I just said, I can't believe in hell any longer. It may be true, but I, I can't force myself to believe that. Like I can't believe 
I can't believe in the, in the Calvinistic type of God who needs blood sacrifice. Like I just, I can't force myself. I don't care if the Bible says it, you know what I mean? Like at some point you come to a point where you've experienced life, you've experienced what you've experienced and you can give me a biblical pre, you could show me Romans nine or whatever. And I just, I don't care. Like it no longer like the, the, but Matthew, can we, can we separate those two statements though? Cause you're, you're talking about, uh, you said, I don't care if the Bible says it, but just separate sure. that from what other people are saying. I think, cause I don't think you mean to say, even though the Bible says it, I don't want to believe it. But so if you could just, well, I think the Bible, like, so on. there could be two ways. Like, like I, I, I do no longer care what the Bible says. I don't, I don't, it's not my authority. But even if I did, there would be different ways to go about how you could interpret something like Romans line, like, like, let's say for Calvinism or, or uh, election, whatever. Uh, you could talk about Romans nine and I could just turn around and say, yeah, but the, the, the conclusion of the argument is Romans 11. So I, I agree with you. There. So, yeah. and, and then we can talk about the breadth of Romans 11, whether it's all or whether it's all types of people, you could take Augustinian ism and say, well, it's all types of people, or you could take more probably Bartian or, uh, you know, Gregory of Nyssa and say, it's really all people. Well, I'm to the place now where I don't care what, like no, no quote unquote biblical Christian has ever given me a compelling reason why I should care what the Bible says like that. So that's, that's the burden of proof is on someone to make the claim that, well, you have to back up your claim on why I should care in the first place. Okay. So, so, but that, but that, that's kind of the, kind of the point of my question is, so you, so I'm trying to separate what people say about the Bible from what the Bible actually says. Okay, hold on, hold on, right. hold on, hold. And the Bible's not your authority. Hold on, I don't care about either. Yeah. Okay, okay, Matt. <laughs> that's that's Matt, my question. Because I really, I don't want to, I don't want to like parse out this a thousand times <laughs> sure. because but our time be. is, our time is. I mean, you you can go save right. Matt some other time, um, but Matt, th- I think the the. The big th- with you in deconstruction and with many people that have gone through this and will go through this um, because, hey, nobody ever told me this. They just said, do X, Y, and Z, and that's what you do. Yeah, you know, sure. you just, you know, you do the cross, uh, you know, and take a knee at Catholic Church and then get in the pew and then go up and down. And, you know, and, and it's it's like, that's what you just do. You do confession and communion and stuff. That was like Catholic Church. I grew up in it. I'm like, what are we doing yeah. here? When I look back, I'm like, are you serious? Right. Um, but... My question to you is, and for people who go through deconstruction, it's like, more importantly, you were talking about things that you're like, eh, it doesn't matter to me. What were you holding on to when you came out of deconstructing your faith? Like, what are the two or three things, if you could, you know, share that, you know, what were you holding on to? Like, this is where I'm at right now, and this is going to drive me back into my faith. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't at some, I mean, I wasn't worried about being driven back to my faith at all. Like I wasn't, there wasn't anything I was holding on to, which is I, which I think is the reason why I've let go of, of all that stuff. You were just open-handed. Just I mean, like, at, yeah. At some point, go. like I was, I was of the mind that like I had to believe this and I was looking for reasons why I believed it in the first place. And so the passages on, on all the things that scared the, the living, you know, what out of me, um, like I, I, you can speak freely. Oh. I know you in the change the swear jar. You can speak freely. Yeah. But Jesus is what he was right. going to say. Keep, keep it going. Jesus Just keep it going. No, I mean, like I, I was pretty, uh, 
I wasn't trying to hold on to anything, which I think is why I so freely let everything go. And were you, di- were you disappointed in yourself at all? Or you just, did you ever feel lost? Jeff is. I felt, <laughs> I felt lost. You're killing me, Andy. And yeah, but yeah, I guess I. I'm trying to find a mindset or where your heart was or where. I was just trying to lead by experience. I was just trying to like, I just really wanted to live my life and find out for myself what life was all about. Like I wanted my experiences to lead my, um, you know, my, I wanted my direct experience to, to be the, like the forefront of my epistemology. You didn't want to be stuck in a conversation where your pastor just threw a verse back at you. Like, could we, they really live here? Yeah, exactly. Like I just wanted to be a human. Let me be a human and discover what I believe on my own or in community even, but don't tell me what to, don't tell me a book to read. Don't tell me this and that. Like I want my direct experiences to lead what, I, how I, I want that to be how I know what I know. And if I don't have a direct experience of something, I don't think I can say with any sort of authority what something is. And I think even with a direct experience, like I think we have to hold it loosely, but I was, I was looking for that, that confirmation of I'm experiencing this. Therefore, this is why I believe. Okay. If that makes any sense. Do you, do you feel like you've gone through a, like a going through this? Do you think this path has, do you feel more whole? Do you feel more freedom? And like, do you feel like the Holy Spirit's in you and you're just, yeah, do you have any sort of faith? Like, what would you describe faith as for you in particular, your spiritual practice? Like, what have you settled into? Not that you have the answer. Like, for me, it's everything is super loose. Doesn't yeah. mean I have opinion. I don't have opinions, but yeah. I'm very comfortable in kind of the tension of life. What does faith mean to you personally? So I, I don't. I don't necessarily use the word faith. I use the word trust. Okay. Um, I, I trust that God is good, and I trust that everything is going to be okay, and I don't care what that looks like. Um, okay. So I, yeah, I, I trust that there is, there's, there's nothing for me to fear. And even if I get doctrines wrong, even if I'm a non-Christian, even if I screw up, I, I have trust that ultimately everything will be well. In, in the ultimate, in the ultimate sense, like, in like the most yeah. universal, universalistic sense. And whether yeah. it's Christological or pluralistic, I, I honestly don't care. Like people ask me all the time, like, well, I, I don't know. And I don't care. I trust that yeah. God is good. And that will lead to an, a universalistic end without any sort of like, I don't know, punishment and all that stuff just seems so archaic. And so like, even in my parenting, I've moved past the idea of like, I don't need to punish my daughter. I mean, we just need to talk about what happened and like, Right. Something, if she screwed up on something, well, what did you learn? Like, what did you experience? Yeah, like, yeah. How do, how can you grow from this? You can direct that. Was actually having kids, young children was one of the things that like kickstarted things. Because yeah. I'm, you know, reading the storybook Bible to the kids, right. and like when you read it in a fairy fairy tale format, like I was at the point where it's like, oh my god, do I believe in fairy tales? Like it was like a light bulb went off that really caused me mm. to think about some of these Bible stories that you share with your kids. But it was that plus like learning to learning that, Hey, if your kid does something wrong, it's not forgiveness. If I hold that against them until they know exactly what they did wrong, it's forgiveness. If I just let it go yeah. and you know, we can talk about the con- consequences with your kids, all that stuff. Like that's sure it's, there's a richness there that, that taught me 
in my opinion, more about God than, uh, as your kids get older, the way that your parent changes drastically, uh, we're, we're in that stage where we're like, okay, we are consciously allowing you to make this mistake and life yeah. will teach you. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Richard Rohr makes an analogy of like, the Bible is sort of like our life. Like, at first you do need the rules and the laws and the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots. And then you yep. kind of get into the angsty sort of prophet and lamentations and things like that. And then you get to the good <laughs> stuff where you're past all that. And um, it doesn't mean there's not consequences. It doesn't mean there's not this and that, but I mean, yeah, parenting, gosh, I, looking back, like, I feel like I'm, I am hopefully a much more patient and loving and merciful parent than like the God I used to believe in who was way more wrathful and punitive. And I, I don't have any reason to believe in that God and I don't have any need for that God personally. Okay. So, so Oh, I was going to say you've, you go you, first. Are you, do you think we're gonna, Jordan Peterson? Are we going to extend this? We are. Um, okay. We're working on it right now. Forgive us for the distracted look. We're upgrading zoom right now. <laughs> I'm, the, I, I'm um, causing you to upgrade zoom. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's how much, wait, I, but if you had a question chamber, Danny, go for it. I was going to, I was going to, um, channel Jordan Peterson. What does your opinion matter? What do you know? You don't know anything. So what should we care about what you have to say? And you shouldn't. You don't, I don't, I don't, you don't have to care what I have to say. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So now were you talking, Jeff? Did you have something? Uh, you know, I was, but I can just, okay. If you think about it. No, I, I knew what I was going to say, but the, the moment has passed. Thank you. Okay. Wow, that's mature of you, Jeff. There is one thing. So I I was excited to talk to you because the concept of... In my mind, it's easy to separate two things. Deconstruction versus demolition. Mm -hmm. Deconstruction implies that something will be reconstructed in its place. Demolition is burn the shit down. It's desolation. One thing I've noticed... And I'd love to get your reaction to this. One thing I've noticed is that a lot of people will conflate these things. Sure. And I hear people use the term deconstruction when really what they're doing is demolition. Sure. They walk away with nothing. Yeah. And I mean, don't let's not get into semantics. There is, I mean, there right. is some fundamental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you get where I'm going, right? Right, right, right. I would love to hear your opinion on this because you're someone who cares about it so much that you write about it. Like, can you talk about the differences between those those two things? Um, and in, in whatever perspective you think is the right one. Uh, I think, can I paraphrase David Hayward? The only way to deconstruct is your way. So I can't, I, I, I would, I would be in no place to tell someone not to demolish something. I don't know someone's trauma associated with religion. I I don't know all those things, but for me, like it, it, there was some times of demolition, but at some point you realize that you have other tools than the sledgehammer, although I think you sometimes need the sledgehammer. Um, but I, 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 so part of my deconstructed deconstruction may have looked like demolition and I haven't reconstructed something that a lot of Christians would be comfortable with because I'm just as comfortable with the Buddha as I am with Christ. And I'm just as comfortable with, um, you know, Plato and Aristotle as I am with Paul. And I, and I don't think the two necessarily need to be at odds, though I think they often teach different things. And But I would hold all of it loosely. And so part of my deconstruction and uh, reconstruction, I don't see it as a linear thing. I think we're constantly deconstructing yeah. and reconstructing as we go. So 
So I never wanted to get to, I'm now in the reconstruction phase. And, you know, I, I don't think of things like that. Um, Michelle, just ask any homeowner. Yeah, yeah. We're bringing exactly. the HVAC. We're in the HVAC portion. Right. Of this and next build. week, we'll the be doing the electrical. Really good. Yeah. Um, it's a really good analogy. Michelle yeah. talks about it as the grief cycle. And, and for those who know, like, you don't just go on the grief cycle linearly, you bounce around between different emotions and different feelings and different experiences. And um, I, I think I, I've used the analogy of a uh, like, like a wood carving. At first, you have the chainsaw. But then you get, you whittle down to finer and finer tools. And, and, um, I think those who demo, who are using, you know, they're just getting out the wrecking ball. Yeah. They're kind of like the ones I feel who end up like the angry atheists who only argue the perpetual straw man of like, there's no sky daddy. Therefore it's all bullshit. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want to use quote unquote sky daddy as a, term for God and you think everyone who believes in God believes in some man in the sky and that's all you want to go, that's fine. I don't need to have a conversation with you just in the same way. I don't need to have a conversation with the most fundamentalist theist because y'all are the same, except you have different conclusions. So, uh, you know, not even to ask them, how's that going for you? Oh, well, sure. I'll do that. Like, yeah, whatever. Is it making you better? Lover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't asked that particular question, but a lot of people, you know, but, and if, and if you're in an angry atheist phase, that's fine too. I just, if you think you're just going to stay there and everyone's stupid, well, I think you're exactly. How's that going for you? I, it doesn't seem to be going well because you're pissed off all the time. And if that's yeah. where you're at, that's where you're at. Who am I to tell you not to be there? I'm just saying there's, right. there's better stuff out there. Yeah. The key, at least for me, I'm speaking for myself, Jeff it was like, cause I had an angry atheist phase, which I would never say I was an atheist. Yeah. It was tough um, to be around him. But, but like, even now, like I'm, I'm comfortable with the Christian, like Jesus following agnostic. I don't, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to settle into a label, but the point is when right. I was going through my quote unquote angry phase, like the coming out of it, it's like, Oh, just don't ever be in a spot and think you have it. Exactly. Like, and and that's the the danger is you go from one fun, like you were saying you go from one fundamentalism that's, that's to another, and, that, and then yeah. you're not you're not a better person. Yeah, and that's why we use the analogy learning question. to float. Like I don't think I made it anywhere. I just learned how to not drown. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere outside of Cabo, floating. And, and if, I, and <laughs> if I'm not, I'm but I'm figure I'm not drowning, so I'm okay. Right. Well, yeah, and that's yeah, there would be questions like, how do you know what's drowning, what's not drowning? But Matthew, you said like, you're talking about. Um, uh, well, Ad, that's a good question. How do you know you're not drowning? Experience. Like I, I'm experiencing peace and bliss and I'm loving life and I'm being present and I'm there for my daughter and my wife and I'm enjoying. I'm not I don't have anxiety in my body. I I'm healthy. I work out. You know, I, I, I'm experiencing. But is, that, is that the religion? Is that the religious? No, that's the matrix. <laughs> and if, but if that's all it is, that's fine because I'm experiencing peace and bliss. And what else do I need? I don't need. I don't know if I need the religious. He's biting jargon. into that steak. He's, right, Ju- but, he's but the- Judas. <laughs> right. I know that this steak isn't here, <laughs> but it is juicy <laughs> but the, and moist. Right. But, but Buddha. I mean, Buddha would have a, a different idea of what peace is. Uh, Jesus might have a different idea of what peace is than what you described as. You know, not drowning is more of floating. So I just like, just how, how do you, why, why does your experience determine if, if the quest is for truth and part of that is religious truth, 
Um, Scott, what are you searching for? Hold on. He's going to get there. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> thanks for giving me more time, Jeff. Uh, um, how, like, how do you know that what you're currently experiencing is the not drowning and, and more of the floating aspect of, of what you were missing before? Um, I, I just, I, I don't see it in Buddha and I don't see that necessarily in Jesus either. Well, I'm not sure I, I understand those, your question. Like, how do I know um, I'm not that's drowning? What, I mean, I, it, how, do, I, how do we know anything? Like, I, I think we, we I, mean, I, I don't know what sort of confirmation I'm supposed to look for. You need to go look at Bible verses, Matt. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's your answer, Tyler, I think you lost well, yeah, well, like the, the, Buddha, the Buddha would... That's my question would, to you, Scott. That's why I'm asking. Are you, trying to, are you trying to stick him on a something within the Bible? Or are you trying to prove him wrong? Are you trying to affirm or negate what he's saying? That's why I'm asking. Yeah, do you feel the need to have some sort of authority to know why, know the whys of where you're at right now? Is that sort of in the ballpark? Well, no, I, oh, no, no, I'm asking if, if you're, if Matthew, you're saying that you're, you're comfortable with, as comfortable with Buddha as you are with Jesus. Sure. And then you're going to say that you know you're floating and not drowning because of where your current stage in life, um, you're, you know, you're, you're, you don't have anxiety, you, okay. have, you have peace. Uh, those, those two figures in particular, Buddha and Jesus, are the, their teachings, do the, are those the things that are aligning up with your life currently? I, I just, I'm just not, yes. I'm not sure that, um, well, it, it, like, depends, it depends on how so you interpret their, their teachings too. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and so neither, neither of them are authoritative. No. I, I would think you would say that. Um, not ultimately. No. Yeah. Is, so, is anything authoritative? Well, for you? That, that's a, that's it's a very good, good question. A good follow up. Is anything? Yeah. My, my direct experience. Right. So everyone's experience then. So that, that, I mean, that raises more questions. And if someone asked sure. that before, let me ask, is, the, let me ask the quick one, right? Which mm-hmm. is if your experience is authoritative, how does that coincide with my experience, which may be different? Right. My, and mine's also, only authoritative for me. I don't know what's authoritative for you. So is there no absolute truth? Yes, but I, th- I think we can only approach it subjectively. So even if there's objective truth, we can only like approach that. it subjectively. <laughs> how does that work? Can we, well, no, we tell, can me how, tell me how you can approach objective truth objectively without your tabula rasa, without any presuppositions and, and, and any sort of blank slate. How do you approach objectivity what? blank without your subjective uh, interpretation in the moment? I mean, the minute we experience something is almost the minute we interpret it. Well, well no, because two people can experience the same, the same thing and come to different conclusions. Yes. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean they're both right. It doesn't mean they're if, both wrong either. Well, no, one of them, one of them has to be wrong because if, if but you don't know, what, no, no, so, no, that's a separate question. If, I think he kind of answered it in that for me, it's, it's like there, I think there is some, whatever the absolute truth of the universe is, I can never know. Absolutely. But, but so potentially, but if two, if two people are experiencing the same thing, and they come to opposite conclusions. They can't both be right. So it depends. So you, 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 you either have to say that there is no absolute truth, yeah, 
I, I get or what you're saying. I get what you're they saying. They can't both be right. I have I have a little maybe this a little analogy makes it easier. It's simplistic. Uh, if two of us are looking at a poster that is a single color, and one of us says this thing is this po- this poster is red, and the other person says it's green. Uh-huh. One of us is colorblind. Which one does Scott say? <laughs> one of us is colorblind. <laughs> Therefore, that's our experience, and it's skewing our view of reality when we know that that's a problem, right? And the rest of people who function normally, and, and the rest of science goes, oh, we recognize the problem in the colorblind person. Uh-huh. They're, seeing it, they're seeing it the wrong way. The objective truth is, uh, for this sake of this, this poster is actually red. Uh-huh person without colorblindness sees it as red. The other one doesn't. I think in my mind, that's an analogy for us to look at. There can be objective truth. We can, we can see it objectively. We can't see it holistically. Like there's absolute truth. We can't know it absolutely. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that. Okay. It actually comforts me. Sure. It comforts me deeply. But, but I think it, when, I, when I imagine if we were both, it, what I see your argument being is you would, you would say both people, the colorblind person, and the person who sees color normally are both right, but they're not. Yeah, I'd say both and. I would say they're both correct and 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 the. I think we can we would communally look at that and say, well, we all agree that that's red, and this person thinks it's green. For yeah. them, the experience would be correct, even if it's even if it's wrong, like on the whole. But I wouldn't want to discredit what they're experiencing. I would turn it back around on you and Scott. We'll say, well, what then is your authority? If what what external authority are you allowing to be your authority? If you're gonna dis, if you're gonna disagree with my experience, like does it have to line up? With I don't the, mind does getting, it have to line up with Plato, Greek philosophy, the Bible? Yeah, I don't even mind. I mean, but but I think we we have to solve the problem before that because if all we are is left up to individual experiences. And our own interpretation of everything as being as being the foundation of what we believe can be truth. There is no truth. This is the version of everything's amazing, therefore nothing's amazing. Well, I think we do. I, I'm not saying it's the only. I'm just saying it's the starting place. I'm not saying it's the oh, only okay. thing. I'm saying that's where my epistemology starts. It's not necessarily yeah. where it ends. Wait, wait. Where does your epistemology start? With direct, With- direct experience. Like Jeff. Okay, you, okay but okay, but. but it, if if truth is up to individual experience, that that like immediately creates problems, because because whether and like we we just like we I think we know intuitively that people see things differently, and if someone is colorblind, let's for for this example, they don't have all of the information yeah. that that goes into whatever we're talking about. And that's true for any individual. We don't have all yeah. of the information. Correct. So we, we, I, I think in just intuitively, we know that individuals, we, we can't rely on individuals to provide truth because they, well, then who do we there's rely no, on? There's no guarantee that they have all the information. And, and then when we are like a third party, we're confronted with two truth claims they can't both be true at the same time and in the same place. Like that's a, that's like a rule of logic. So, so if they're both making opposite claims regarding the same thing in the same time, in the same place. I'm so, as they, long as, yes, I agree that if something is mutually exclusive, that yes, that's correct. But a lot of things that we say are mutually exclusive aren't necessarily. 
And so I'm not saying it's the, I'm not saying the individual experiences is the end all be all. I agree. We do things in community. We, we make sure things are logical, rational. We, we test things with philosophy and all that. Yeah. All I'm saying is that I, I can't say I know something without experience. It's like saying I, I can ride a bike because I read a manual. No, you ride a bike because you experience riding a bike. And okay. Does slavery exist? Does slavery exist? No, no. Did slavery exist in, in like the U S in the 1700s, 1800s? I, I, you didn't experience it. So th- that's kind of my point is like, you, unless you experience no, it. No, I they, think that's, have to ask that I think question. that's taking what I've said way too far. Like I, I, I can, I can give some authority to historic and, and vet those things. I mean, I've experienced people whose ancestors experienced slavery. I've experienced talking to black but folks. How do they know? How did they know? He did it? say it was the beginning. I, I, the I'm not, that's but, you, but, but again, you're, you're like, I think you're trying to take me what I'm saying too far, but I, to saying what I'm not saying. I'm not saying the only way I know something is direct experience. I'm saying my starting place on on what my worldview would be is directly experiencing something. Now, I will say that if I can. If I if I read some books and everything, I trust authority. I trust some authoritative figures, historians, and things like that. That that what they're reporting actually happened, and we see uh, we still see slavery in America in some form. It's nuanced more than it used to be, but you know we we have kind of the tendrils of slavery throughout society and systemic racism and the Thirteenth Amendment and yada yada yada. So I, what I'm not saying is that I only trust my experiences. I'm just saying that that's my starting place. It's no longer the Bible because the Bible says, or because uh, some Christian uh, theologians have said, or even early patristic fathers have said, that's no longer my starting place. My starting place is I, I've experienced something. So let's go to the LGBTQ question. I was told that being gay is wrong because the Bible says, well, I why do I care what what they think the Bible says? And that could, that's a whole different conversation. But when I when I experience being an openly bisexual man, I don't feel it. Where's the condemnation coming from, other than other people? So I don't I don't okay, experience so, what you're telling me. Where you're going to go to hell, or you're going to have a horrible life, or you're turning your life away from God. I don't experience that, so I don't need to believe that. And that goes back to kind of what you one of the things one of the things you said previously is that, and you just said it again, is that you don't care what the Bible says. And so trying to separate what the Bible says from what man says about the Bible, if the Bible says something, you, you're you saying you don't care about it, even if it's true. Is, no, is that that's what not saying? what I'm saying. I don't care in that it doesn't, I don't, I, I don't, I like the, there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. There's a lot of great stuff in the Bible. I, it's not my authority. So I, so if you quote the Bible, but why not? Why not though? Why, why is the Bible not your authority? Because no one has made an argument that it should be that I find compelling. Like I, I don't, I don't find it. I don't find, uh, uh, and I, but you believe in Jesus. Is that right? Like I believe of the things you did not abandon. You still believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus. And you call yourself a Christian. Scott, are you trying to resave Matt? No. <laughs> what, what's happening so right I'm now? trying to clarify what you're saying because a lot of a lot of deconstructionist language is vague. And so I wanna I wanna clarify, because I'm the clarifier, um, 
what sure. pre- precisely you're saying. The Bible is not your authority, but you still believe in Jesus. What do you mean by believe? Yes, I believe Jesus was I, a historical I, okay, figure. That's what I, I would ask yes. you, what do you believe? What do you mean? If you say you believe in Jesus, what do you mean by that? I believe Jesus was a f- phenomenal teacher, and I believe that God looks very closely as as much to Jesus as possible. I don't think that's exclusive to Jesus, though. Well, yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of what Jesus says is intuitive. Scott, right. we're doing a lot of laps in life, and so um, that other other religions might have same yeah. have similar moralities. Sure, but um, I'm, I'm and as you know, because you've been you were a Christian for a long time, or you you have been a Christian for a long time. Excuse me. Um, uh, that there are things that are specific to Christianity and to what Jesus taught. Sure. Can we just narrow on two, just to shortcut it? Because I think I know where you're going. It's probably what most people say. Do you see Jesus as the son of God who died and rose again to save sins? Like the core two elements really of Christianity. Does that, where, where do you feel, where did you land post deconstruction on those items? I believe that everyone is a son and daughter of God. I think Jesus is the son of God and he called us brother. And so if we're going to use logic, if I, if I say I'm the son of God and I go to my brother who's younger than me and I say, you are my brother. Well, ipso facto, you are a son of God. Because I, you know, but that's not how the Bible defines it though. Like we're well, like, like, I don't, like the, you're Scott, we're not debating. Yeah. Well, but you're going to make, no, if you're going to make claims. It's though, okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll just clarify. <laughs> about the but Bible. Like, like I do get what you're saying on that one, but, but you kind of, you know, the, I know, I know the, the exclusive claim that is made about Jesus. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's the one I'm talking about. I, this <laughs> is where I I don't see whether I I don't see this as an important question any longer. My life oh, does not. My life is in no way different because I don't believe in a God who's going to have to who needs it to be right. I don't, I don't believe in a God who's going to get me or that I'm going to miss out on heaven or all the blessings that come with uh, believing the right things. And I don't think if ultimately Jesus is up there judging us that I, he's going to get there and say, did you get your Christological uh, uh, doctrines correct? Did you make all the right claims? No, I think it's like, did you love others? Were you merciful? Were you forgiving? Were you, um, were you kind? Were you gracious? Did you help the poor? Did you help the widow? Did you do the things I taught? And I'll say, yeah, I don't, I don't, but I don't know who you are necessarily. And I don't need to, are we cool? And I think the Jesus that I read about is like, yeah, of course we're cool. It doesn't, you don't have to get, you don't have to get all the metaphysical claims correctly. And you're shaking your head back there, but it sounds to me like you believe in a God who's punitive. And I don't believe in that God. Oh yeah, but okay, but you're but if if we're talking about Scott, the claims of Jesus, Scott, if you're going to focus in on one aspect, Scott, and, I'm going to ask you neglect to, the other aspects. Of I'm not what neglecting him. I'm just saying I don't care if if him. I don't. But did he say other things though? Of course, you know, he said other you know, things. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't take those into account, Scott, the dog bones in your mouth. I need you to let the dog go. bones in your mouth but, and in in his. Mouth. I haven't but said all a word I'm, in the last But all I'm minutes. saying is that I don't think ultimately that it matters. Why, but why not if that's what if That's, that's where what he Jesus is, though, said. Scott. Scott. I know, but that's the whole question. No, hold why on. does Because I don't think matter? he's going to say, Matt, did you check Wait, off all the boxes? Now, here's the Westminster Confessions of Faith. Did you get them all? No. 
Which I don't, I don't care about. I don't even think he's going to say. Okay. Now recite the Apostles' Creed, and you better make sure you believe all those things. And I'm not going to go Which like is hundreds of years after Jesus. Whatever. Scott, I'm asking, but you're missing the point. I think I think you're I think you're being kind of pedantic. Honestly, I'm not. I'm like, not. I'm, I'm not, actually I'm, with you, Matt. I'm only not. because Scott. Scott. <laughs> like all I'm saying. Ultimately, ultimately, Matt is voicing an opinion. So am I. The, no, okay. The, right. no, the good news for you is that whether or not it's true doesn't depend on Matt's experience, and Matt's okay with it. I'm okay. I'm okay. So with I'm asking that, yeah. you to be okay with Matt having this opinion, so that we can move on in this no, conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, th- I think Matt's wrong. So that's why I'm I, asking I know, and questions. it's clear to the okay, audience. Okay, there you go. It's Matt's clear. wrong. Yeah. Matt, okay. can you live with that? <laughs> I'm, fine. No, I'm fine with that. I don't. Honestly, no, I don't I'm, care because I don't think if I am wrong that there's a God who's going to care. But, but oh, here he comes again. Go, no, Scott. No, 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 asking, no, no. Scott. I'm just no, I want, I'm I want, asking. I want him to clarify. I, I actually kind of do. No, I, I'm asking the question because I I know that we disagree. Sure. So I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ask questions on how you arrive at your particular opinion uh, because you're, you're focusing in on one of the things that Jesus says. But, but he said that from his personal experience. That's... I, Okay, tell I me what am I missing? No, no, what no, am I missing? No, no, Jesus, I, I agree, I agree. But he, but you're, but you're pointing to things that Jesus says, like love your neighbor, right? And so I, and every, so what, like which part Christians of Jesus are, am I missing? Well, no, that's what that's that's what I'm asking. Is all Christians agree? Yeah. On the statement, love your neighbor. Yeah. Like everyone agrees on that, but Jesus said more than that. right. And which ones? And which and ones he, am I he, neglecting? Yeah, like he talked to he like, and you mentioned the exclusive statements that Jesus made, and he, and he says that he, he like Jesus makes the statements that not everyone is the son of God, but those who who believe, right? I, yeah, right? and who, who believe in God. If you don't believe in God, then you're not a son of God. Jesus makes that statement. So yeah, and and so but, if, but like, even that is like Jesus I think statement. I think then we can but we can interpret that differently. We can say literally and metaphysically, which I I find like. Absurd, or we can say experientially. This is why he called, he said you're you're fought, you're 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 uh, what a son of Satan or something like that. Your father is the father of lies. Do I believe that metaphysically? Right. Of course not. That's that creates like this weird metaphysical like Satan creates people. Or is he talking about experientially? And that's where I think he's going on. Like you're you're being the accuser. You're being just like Satan, the accuser. Does that mean that God is not? The God, the Father of all things, like Christ, and, all, and like, no, I think. Well, but I, so that's the question, though. That that's the question. Okay. But that's where you so, and I would so just figured, disagree on the interpretation, and you're well, saying no, I'm no, wrong no, because we, I no, interpret we are it differently. No, I agree with you. I agree with you that if we're talking about uh, Scott, he's not running for elder of a church actually, I, right I, yeah, now. Is, no, I, just, <laughs> I just, I uh, just, Matt, we have an open spot for <laughs> elder of the podcast. Jeff, if I just you said, are interested in putting in your application. Jeff, I just said I agree with him. This isn't now a conversation. Well, it's Scott's right. Bible study. <laughs> hey, we no, gotta we gotta I, start to land this I, thing. I, I, oh, this, I is agree much, Zach this is too much. Too. Fun. No, but no, no. I need uh, a bathroom break. <laughs> no, no. So it's not it's not the metaphysics because we're God created all things, right? Right. He he created humans. That's not the issue that Jesus is bringing up. He's saying that if you're following, if you're if you're rejecting the things of God then you are following the devil and therefore you're a son of the devil because you're rejecting the things of God. So it's not a metaphysical thing. It's about what the humans are doing. Yeah, but I think it's and, like, and so just, that, that's, that's what happens is that they are oh, choosing let Satan. Let him respond. And not right. him respond. And I, and I, but I wouldn't disagree with you. I would just disagree on what that means. Like I, I think Jesus oftentimes is over the top hyperbolic. Like this is, I mean, 
we say things like this all the time, dude, I've waited forever. Well, it was 20 minutes. Uh, you know, so I, I don't, right. we use language in such a way that you can't literally mean I meant forever, but I use that sort of language and Jesus does this all the time. Like, I don't think, well, but, but is there consequences for rejecting the things of God? Yeah. Like yes, that, Jesus, I, I Jesus think, says that over and over that there are right. consequences for rejecting God. Right. And, and what is it to reject God is to reject love. Oh, okay, so yeah, but but so but, but, but yes. Yeah, so okay, go, so then follow that line. Okay, so then follow that line of logic. Okay, you reject love. Ideas. Okay, so your life is is going to end up pretty shitty. You're going to be angry. You might become a drug addict or an alcoholic. And and I'm not shaming anyone who suffers from addiction. I'm not doing that. But if you reject love, you for, you, you reject grace. You reject mercy. There are real world. There are real world consequences. The difference is I don't. I don't think there is a God who is going to then eternally reject something or someone making a list and checking it twice. And I, I don't, well, okay, so so let's back off from eternally. What about rejecting at all, Scott? Is there a Reject, point where you would no, be satisfied? I don't, no, rejecting. No, he, I think Matthew's wrong. I've already expressed that. But what do you? So no, I don't. Uh, rejecting. I mean, there's no, there's nothing my daughter could do for me to reject her. I mean. Um, uh, Charles Manson's mother still visited him in prison, even though she was distraught at who had, he had become. She didn't reject him. He rejected but should love. We take, should we take Charles Manson into our house with our kids? Like you would do that. Like you'd be like, oh, hey, Charlie, come well, on into my house. You, I'll take now you know you're straw manning me because God, I am not going to, to ever believe that anyone is beyond the ability of God to transform them. But if they're actively rejecting, then they God, need liberation. What, they need healing. Know, but, but Jesus, ta- Jesus talks about that, mm-hmm. and he's going to judge people for every careless word right. that they've said. He's agreeing with you. It's I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that that as the Bible says, uh, Jesus will drag all unto himself, and uh, when I, I think in doing that, we are set free by by God, by love, by Christ, whatever. I don't believe in the type of free will that we freely choose to reject that which is for our own benefit. Like that is not freedom to me. And so this could go down. I, I do that all the time. No, you I don't. I do things all the time not freely. not for my benefit. Not freely. Because you're... Oh, so, uh, but so, so either God determines me or my no, environment that's, determines that's, that's, me. See, now you've, gone, now you've gone and... I'm going to determine you. No, okay. <laughs> I, I even said this the other day. Like, if Tolkien can create a world where fate and free will can coexist, God can. So I don't know why we I, go to this, like, it's either total determinism or it's libertarian free will. Well, uh, well, well that's well, what I'm saying. I do things all the time that, are, that go against my own right. well-being. Because we are enslaved to certain chemicals. We're enslaved to, to our sin, experience. maybe, some might say. Sure. Jesus might sure. say. So, yeah. then, so then if we're enslaved, why on earth would the God of love punish us for doing- Because I can't. Because every once in a while, I'll go out and do things that are for my benefit. Yeah. But I, I tend to do things that are against my benefit. That, that's my point. Is well, that, that's your problem, Scott. Okay, it is. It is my problem. There's, I'm not blaming God. So one of the interesting <laughs> or things, my environment, <laughs> as you've been describing this, Matt, uh, Matt or Matthew? Sorry, yeah, well, a little we're late. friends, so let's We've say Matt. Okay. Let's say Matt. One of the things that struck me as we were chatting about this and you kind of describing the way that you're, you've been able to kind of form your worldview is that it leans heavy on experience uh-huh. and so it's not a new concept that like the the Westland quadrilateral it came came to mind right away. We've talked about this in the past of like the way that we what informs our view of Christianity. Um, 
and and so those just as a quick I had to remind myself I don't have these memorized so I, <laughs> I don't want to see, I don't want to see I, that cool I don't but care it, about Wesley but it's Christian tradition <laughs> personal experience scripture and reason yeah and and in all likelihood we employ some combination of those things sure. but we tend to skew heavier into one of these quadrilaterals okay right, right. Yeah. what I what I've heard you describe is you're skewing heavy into personal experience sure. you and Jeff land heavy in this in the, in the experience side yeah. of things um but it doesn't but is where it does fair, scotland but does <laughs> i wonder <laughs> but is it fair to say that you also don't dismiss no the others, i don't they yeah do? i don't dis, i don't dismiss the others i would just i yeah i would just skew the other way like i i i don't dismiss reason i don't dis, dismiss history and community and i don't dismiss scripture i i I, it begs the question, what's scripture? And I'm guessing a Protestant's going to say there's 66 books of scripture. Well, great. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to guess Catholics say there's 73 and Eastern Orthodox 79 and Coptics are going to say, no, there's actually 81 books of scripture. And then there's going to be people who say, no, let's add the Apocrypha. And then I'm fine. Like, okay, great. And then there's going to be Luther who wants to throw out a different ones. And then there's going to be Origin. And, and there's Thomas and Jefferson. There's, <laughs> right. And, you know, we could go back to... Um, uh, 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 what am I? What am I also Joseph a king of, Smith? A, a manichae, uh, not manichaeism. Um, yeah, what about the Book of Abraham? So, but it, but it kind of raises the question: Well, which scripture? And and I'm fine if that's you lean heavily scripture and I lean, but 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 you're right. I don't throw out one over the other. I just yeah, I lean heavily on direct experience and I yeah. lean heavily on listening to other people's direct experiences and community and and the history and traditions and all those things. I just don't put them above my direct experiences. Like if, if I have a direct experience of something and scripture says otherwise, I, I'm going to say, well, I haven't experienced that. And so like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take that with a giant grain of salt. That's all I'm saying. And I imagine that there's, and I know that's frustrating Scott. So this is the, th- the difference. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, is that Scott really needs me to agree with him. And I don't need Scott to agree with me. No, I, I don't, I don't need you to agree with me. That's not the point at all. I'm, but my the point is, like you were pretty upset though. Well, I see you're shaking your head back there. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm I'm shaking my head. No, it's it's that if it's based upon experience, then any anyone who makes a truth claim based upon their experience would have you like you can't say they're wrong, and that's just that's not my experience of oh, the world. I know, but go, time out, time out, time out. We we've he covered asked, this already. He, a- he asked me a question. I know, but we have we have covered that and. And Matt did a good job of stating in the pie chart of how he makes his worldview up, there's a larger portion dedicated towards experience. Well, that doesn't mean he's right, though. Uh, I, Nobody's saying actually, he is. who gives a shit whether or not he's oh, right? God, it's an opinion. I don't, I don't I, give a shit whether or not you're right. It's pretty or not. important. It, no, it's actually not, it though. Is I actually I, I, I did, disagree. I did, in put, the, a, disagree. I did put a yeah. disclaimer. No one should give a shit what I say. No, in the context of this podcast, it really doesn't matter. It's interesting. Well, the podcast doesn't matter. The, like the context of the podcast doesn't matter, but go ahead. You don't matter either, Scott. You're I, a worm. I agree. <laughs> this is true. The Bible teaches you're a wretched worm and everything that you're saying yeah. is kind of tainted by your own sin nature. Yeah, so I, I, can't really, yeah. I can't really take anything you say. Yeah, it is. Because it is. you're, you're, it is. you're a dirty... That's why we have to go back to logic. You're a dirty that, tampon. Um, or or a, fil- <laughs> a filthy... <laughs> That's my modern interpretation. You're a filthy rag. Uh, yeah, I can use scripture no, too. No, I know. I, I agree. And that's why we go back to lo- the logic of 
If someone makes a claim, we got that it, doesn't Scott. Mean we got true. it, Scott. We, we, we understand that. You've been not. The, but the reality I think, is, I think because we don't agree. There's a difference between. We don't making, have to agree. There's a difference but you're, between but you're making a, by going by going back to experience. There's a difference no, between no, no, making a logic like, claim and a difference between saying this is true for my experience. So I'm. I mean, if you say, uh, I can't even think of an example right now. But if you, if it. it Ah, forget it. It comes down to whether or not Scott wants, if you need to feel like you're right, but that doesn't need to happen here. All that's interesting to me right now, Matt, is to hear how you interpret this, whether you're not going to affect the way that I have constructed my religious or personal worldview. It's just interesting to hear how you do that. Whether I disagree with you or not, doesn't even matter. Whether that's what you I said. It that's what I said. I don't, I don't but need it Matthew to agree with then me. Maybe stop then talking stop for a talking. while. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've made your point. You mm-hmm. totally disagree. We get it. It's okay. Dude, hashtag let Scott talk can go <laughs> fuck itself right now because Scott has gotten so much airtime. All right. I'm not complaining. I know you're not. I'm asking <laughs> my you to fans stop. are. Let's my let, fans <laughs> are complaining on my behalf. So I appreciate you fans. Hey, hey, I got a couple, a couple quick questions. I appreciate you taking this time on your vacation. Um, and, and the beauty of this conversation is that any one of these little things we touch on could sp- yeah. splinter off into amazing conversations that we just don't have time for right now. Maybe sometime uh, in the future, if you can still deal with us. Hey, Matt, I'm having fun. You can. I know you are. That's good. <laughs> uh, so get- I'm not. Real good. <laughs> That's just your experience, Jeff. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. So, um, you have a quick advice for your pre-deconstructive self to help you go through what would ultimately be your deconstruction. Hold all your beliefs loosely. Okay. And then a piece of advice you could offer to loved ones that are scared shitless. They would never say that word, but that their son or daughter is in danger of hellfire as they are processing deconstruction. How do they walk their loved one through that? How does the person, not the person be deconstructing, yeah. but how, around them, them. Oh. how do the people around them like uh, receive their deconstruction better? Uh, yeah, just sit and be with them. Like, I mean, don't, I, I think, don't be too quick to give advice. Just allow people to vent and allow people to be where they are. I, and then what yeah. is your advice for Scott? <laughs> I, honestly, like I... Asking for a friend. I'm asking for, Yeah. So. I don't know if I have any advice for you. Um, All right, Jeff. Um, for you? <laughs> no, but the same as um, for anybody, it's great to as to listen to someone, just to hear like what they're going through in life. So Scott, listening to you go on and grill Matt and Matt come back at you. I mean, there's something, there's something good in that, that that can happen. There's something, yeah. And there is something good in that. I think it seemed like, like Scott, like you're, it seemed like a lot of conversations I've had with Christians who really want to be like, it's like, it's almost like, and, and this is just my experience of this conversation. And I've had a really good time, honestly. Um, it seemed like you really needed to be right. And I, and I've gone so far past, like I, I, it seemed like it was like, we're going to do apologetics today. And, and I have no interest in that anymore. And I, and I don't, I don't find value in the type of Christianity that you're espousing. 
and, and mean, some people and don't, that, and you don't, yeah. and you don't need to save. Like I, I was just kind of laughing because it does seem like you're trying to to bring me back into the fold, so I don't go to hell. And I'm like, I don't even believe in that shit. So like, who cares? Yeah, and, Scott, and, that was his advice to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next, and, and I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I would just love to say whatever I want. And oh yeah, and yeah. Go, no, I'm glad that, like, that. And then go like, hey, you guys, uh, you know, uh, you know, don't respond because that's just your opinion. All right, go ahead, Andy. <laughs> it's so awkward. Right. No, because because why? Why is like what I'm saying? That's my experience at the time. So okay. now we're taking Perfect. jabs. Let's yeah. stop. All right. We're yeah. taking jabs. Just, well, like, see, see that. No. And this is what you're. And it looks this is like what there's you'd... people home. There's people throwing things. In and the this background. is what you did. Like we had. A, I thought we had a fun conversation, and then you ended by making fun of it. So I think that was well, no. like. No, because I wasn't trying to be right. Like, and I, I said well, that explicitly. You're a liar, liar, pants on fire, Scott. <laughs> no, because I asked questions. I asked questions. No, you made I th- statements. I think that were okay. reasonable. No, I, I asked no, questions. And, but then you, you ended by mocking. You ended by mocking yeah. it. And, and, no, and that's fine. I, I don't if, really give a shit. Like, it doesn't affect me in any sort of way. Uh, yeah, so but then. If that's how, yeah, if that's how you want to conduct your podcast, that's cool. Anyway, hey, hold, hold no, on a second. I'm okay with it. Don't. As long as your bros are. Exactly. It's my experience. Um, so, well, I, I have enjoyed this actually, and I'm not going to poke fun, Matt. And so I appreciate everything about you. And I think you're more right than Scott generally. So, but it's not about that. No, Zach. now, So let's do a quick, uh, someone needs to like trade to that it. beer for a joint, honestly. All right. So one of the things we'd like to do at the end of our, our pod is to talk about what we're consuming. This is either a book. I mean, anything that that's capturing your imagination, book, music, um, movie, show, could be deep, could be shallow, whatever. What, what are you dwelling on? So yeah, uh, you don't have to go first, Matt, unless you're chambered and ready Dude, to go. I'm ready to rock. So I got yeah, okay. two quick things. I'm writing what, what a book you... on Tolkien, so I'm d- deep diving into everything Ooh. Tolkien once again. And uh, music, Toby and Wigwe is one of the greatest hip hop artists of our time. Say that again. Say the Toby and Wigwe, N-W-I-G-W-E. He's out of Houston and he's blowing my mind right now what nice. do you like about him um well his flow the beats uh the style of the music videos and just like the profound nature of of what he's saying all right we'll we'll uh, look him up and link him please do uh, just anything anything or new stuff just link to him um, on spotify apple music uh any of the new stuff is is phenomenal yeah all right that's good all right you zach, guys zach what are you consuming um, well, and, and, uh, and I'm continuing to jump into a bunch of Bart Ehrman stuff, uh, which is fascinating on, uh, how we got the Bible and all that stuff. I mentioned that last episode, I think. Um, and there's, there's TV shows I'm lost. Well, trudging through Ozark slowly, but surely Oof. I'll get there. I like it. It's great. Got to watch it early enough to watch something stupid and happy afterwards. <laughs> Palate cleanser. Yes. Scotty. Nah, I mean, I'm just looking at stuff on the YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Doom with, scrolling. With, yeah, pure still, porn pure about p- the economy and, you know, floods and droughts and... Yeah. yeah Wait, that's right. that's, that's, that's my that's my favorite sign up right now on the freeway. It's all, uh, we're in a severe drought, conserve water. I'm like, and they need to put dot, 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 and we're in the desert. So what <laughs> yeah. a bunch of morons. All right. I'm cons- I'm consuming. Well, I just got back from Cabo. I have consumed about 400 margaritas too many. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then some, I have not consumed anything else. 
Oh my gosh. I have a 16 year old who uh, is getting her license this week. And so I need, uh, which means she's getting my car, which means I need a new car, which means I've been consuming car shopping and the dealer gave me a really fun car over the weekend. And I had a lot of fun with that fun car. Oh, probably like a Prius or Honda Civic? No, it was Hybrid? A lo- it was a lot more fun than that. An old Ford Fiesta. Okay. If, if that McLaren? If that dealer knew what I <laughs> if that dealer knew what I did to the car, he would not have loaned it to me. Yeah. Zach was there. I appreciate that. It was great. <laughs> it wasn't a Ford Fiesta, but I'm glad you mentioned uh, a double F name because there is you, no substitute. You're on this podcast. You're on the Heretic Happy Hour and also Apostates Anonymous. And now you're on Bros, Bibles, and Beer. There is like a shit ton of alliteration. I only do alliteration. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> only alliterative podcast. That's it. <laughs> Strictly 80s Joel. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I appreciate the. Um, I do appreciate. Oh, I got to re ask the question. I think, I think we asked the first time you were on. I don't remember your answers. They might have changed. They might have changed. But let's pretend that there is the actual gates of New Jerusalem that you're walking through yeah. and you get your, you get your walk-in music. What's the walk-in music as you're going in through those gates that uh. will never be shut, no matter what Scott says. <laughs> and <laughs> Shots and fired. Jesus, so, no matter what Jesus says. Uh, Daggers. And who is, who's your hype person uh, living or dead? Who's my hype person? Is it not music? Like, just like, like who's, who's, under, who's like, who's, who's music? walking in with you living or dead, anybody. And what music is playing as you walk in? Oh gosh! Uh, since since we mentioned Tolkien, it's it's me and Tolkien, and it's like you know the uh, the Gondor theme or something. Oh, oh wow! wow. Epic. Epic, doubling up, connected theme. There you go. This, this trumpet. All right. Well, I appreciate that. All right. What else? We uh, let's end it with Hey Matt. How can our listeners find you? Um. All, in Hawaii. And not, not anywhere for the next week. Um, allsetfree.com is my website. And you can find me on socials, like on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, it's at MJ underscore DiStefano. By the way, um, All Set Free, I think Scott's uh, going to be trying to cancel All Set Free. I disagree with that website name. It's all, it's now, all types of set free or some set free. <laughs> And one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Limited. Is it, what is it? The Calvinism, all uh, some lives matter. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Which I agree with. I, I hate Calvinism. Oh my gosh. I'm with you on And that. then, and, and one more time, the name of the book and where can, where can people Oh yes, please. Started? I would love if people would uh, pick up, it's learning to float, uh, deconstructing doctrinal certainty to embrace the mystery of everything. Shit. I don't even remember that. Yeah. No, it's just learning to float. You can pick it up on Amazon. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy 15 copies and send them to wherever Scott is. Please do. I don't yeah. have an address. Uh, hey. Paperback, Kindle, and soon to be on Audible. Ooh, are you guys reading it? No, no, oh. no. I wish the, you know, I'm an audio guy and I will not like try to mess with uh, Audible's standards because I just don't have the time. But we found a okay. great narrator who's doing a wonderful job. Yeah. Okay. It's Amy Grant. It, it, is, it one, it is, yeah. is it one person doing both voices? Yeah, and she's fantastic and she's not like trying to go over the top. So it's actually working. Okay. So it's good. Nice. Yeah, I was worried it'd be like, oh, and then like, ah, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> like mice. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank, thanks, Matt. I, I appreciate you. Thanks for hanging thanks in for having and me. rolling with all the punches. Yeah, on that your were vacation. Hey, yeah, dude. I love it. Yeah, I just, I just it. need to actually start drinking now. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe smoke a little something. Maybe something. Well, hey, listener, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us at brosbiblesbeer.com. You can get us on all the socials at brosbiblesbeer. If Factually you, correct. If you want to email us, brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash bb. Be pod. And if you want to talk to Scott about who's right or wrong, that's Scott at Bros if you Bibles need dating, Beer. Dating and relationship advice, Scott at Bros Bibles Beer. I'm always I'm always available. Or if you want to go on a date with Scott. Yeah. Opportunities uh, that's or advice. Also available. <laughs> so eligible, theologically accurate ladies. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously it's it's not open to everyone. <laughs> I mean, guys, let's get it. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for arguing with me. Yeah, thanks. It was fun.